0: And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show
1: is back. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by Fandle. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and Fandle is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved QuickBets, which are back, And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler. Visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
1: Welcome in. It is a jam-packed Tuesday edition of East Coast Bias. We have Raheem Palmer, and we have Joe House on remote. Joe House, you are like in one of these like Charles Barkley, Jim Nance commercials with the way you're doing the podcast today. I love it. Man, oh, if only I could get
0: some of that uh, Jim Nance, Charles Barkley money. JJ, I'm on the road, and we are on the road. The final four is in front of us. We, and, and I should speak for just myself, I was going to say me and Dream, we want to climb on your back and, and let uh, let you be our Sherpa on this trip through the NCAA, uh, you know, we're trying to climb that mountain, but I do have a few nuggets, you know, the research is good, everybody's out there with some observations, the One Shining Pod guys fired off a two-hour pod Sunday night, so we're rocking and rolling, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with you, uh, House, just
3: because, I mean, look, J.J.'s got to be the leader of this right now. He's the college basketball guy. We're
1: the NBA guy, so we're going to go as far as J.J. takes us. <laughs> All right, that's a no scary JJ. thought right out of the gate because I did not have a great conference tournament week. My futures did not go particularly well. Doing the games, found a couple of teams I was able to ride, and I had some success with that. Um, One piece of advice I'm going to give you guys, and you don't need it, but for everybody out there who maybe is, let's say, new to betting the NCAA tournament, it is so important before you fill out a bracket to look at the odds for each individual region and get a feel and get a sense because in, in many ways, these odds can be rather telling. You look and you see, okay, this region looks like the favorite Really has a clear path in other regions like the West region or the East region. Purdue's region, for, for example, Purdue is like three and change to go and win the region. Whereas you see Houston or Alabama, they're a very slight favorite. They're a 120 or 125, give or take. House, when you have filled out brackets in the past, will you look at the odds to see who's winning a region? Will that help you at all? Are you not a big fan of that?
0: I will tell you, I can't recall when in my gambling life, I used to be the kind of fella back in my, my college days and then beyond early in my gambling adulthood. I loved the Calcutta where you get in a big room and everybody it's a, it's an auction. And you know, the big, the big swinging dicks come out with big wads of cash. I always drank too much and just tried to buy the bottom, the bottom eight, you know, and try and get my money back. I just enjoyed the party. But, but what, uh, You know, the 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 realization out of doing that, you'd never get fair odds in in a Calcutta. You don't get the odds that you can get if you just go and sit down and 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 study the markets. And the markets give you implied probabilities. The odds are all, you know, uh smart folks, implied probabilities of outcomes. So now that's the roadmap. That's the way you, you chart this. You ignore seeds. You ignore, uh, uh, you know, performance within conference and stuff to a certain extent. The odds to me are everything. They're the
1: roadmap, JJ. 100% Raheem, when you fill out your bracket, will you be diving in? Like, do you, you, let's start it this way. West region, doesn't it tell you how wide open it is when the favorite to win the region is Kansas and they're a plus 330? That should tell you something, right?
3: Yeah, I, I think that definitely tells you something. I mean, when. That's something I've never really done in the past. I know when I was like filling out these brackets, for me, one of the things I would do is I would try to look at some of the models on the internet. And, you know, maybe that might be Ken Pom, maybe it might be somebody else, maybe be, like, you know, Matsy Ratings or something like that. And what I would do was, you know, like, let's just say you got Purdue in round one and then you got Memphis in round two and they meet each other. I want to see, you know, what's the implied point spread for those teams? And I look at stuff like that. So I'm taking that all the way to the final four and just seeing, you know, what's the point spread on these teams? And then also t- taking checking out and seeing how these teams match up if they were
1: to play each other. It's a great point. Now, we'll go through a couple of the games on Thursday and Friday, and we'll see where the fellas are leaning, especially in Thursday direction. But let's go through each of these regions, and we'll try to – Figure out a final four pick. All right, House. West Region, Kansas plus 330. UCLA plus 340. Gonzaga, nobody's talking about them this year, but they're playing their best basketball of the year. They're at plus 420. UConn is at plus 500. TCU plus 900. Then you really got to dig deep. St. Mary's is 12 to 1. Arkansas 17 to 1. Illinois 30 to 1. Northwestern 40 to 1. VCU 45 to 1. For my pick for the West region, I know nobody's taking them now because they have injuries. UCLA has some tough mofos on that team. They have two senior players that were on the team last year. I'm grabbing a plus 340. I know they have a tough road. Final four pick out of the West house. Who we like? I'm
0: I'm mad that UConn and Gonzaga are in the same bracket because I, I like both of those teams. I, you know, UConn fits that... Um, that, that paradigm where you look at the Ken Palm, you're trying to get teams that are in the top 25 on offense and defense. Both UConn kind of uh, fits that um, very well. And I liked your point about Gonzaga being underrated. I, I wish they were in different regions because I would pick both of them to make the Final Four. I don't like the injury on the UCLA side. And in general, given the opportunity, I try and fade the Pac-12 um, in, in the tournament. So my my pick is going to be... Uh, uh, Gonzaga, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was UConn.
1: Okay, I like that. Digging deep there, and you know what? You like the idea that no one talking up Gonzaga like they're having years past. I think that is a good thing for you moving forward, House. So remember, could get a UCLA-Gonzaga rematch. How great was that Final Four game, Raheem, a couple of years ago? Suggs hits the game-winning shot. I gave you the odds. What catches your eye?
3: Um, I mean, I think that was incredible. Um, I'm, I think... I would probably look towards Arkansas, um, you know, 25 to one. I think, um, you know, coming out of the SEC, um, I, I think they they might be strong. So um, I'd probably look that way. But,
1: mm, yeah, that's probably where I would go. Well, I think that's a good value play with Arkansas. And if Arkansas can get through their first game, and that's always tricky. We'll talk about some of these spreads in a little bit. I think they are live to make some noise. Eric Musselman wins games in the tournament since he's been at Arkansas, back-to-back Elite Eight finishes. So a couple of different names for the West region, and that shouldn't surprise you because uh, the odds kind of tell us wide open region. All right, this region doesn't seem as wide open, guys, because Brandon Miller is the best player in the country. And say what you want about the legal trouble that he's dealing with right now, and I understand that is going to be a storyline of this tournament. Greg Gumbel brought it up on Selection Sunday. It's something that could pop up at any point in time when you're talking about Alabama but, as we look at these odds. Bama is a heavy favorite here. They're a plus 190. Arizona, who's the two seed, plus 360. Baylor plus 550. What's interesting, though, Creighton is a six seed. Creighton is number four on the seeding list as far as who to get to the final four. So the odds makers like Creighton, they got Virginia at 12 to one, San Diego State at 15 to one. No respect for West Virginia and your Maryland Terrapins at 20 to 1. House, I can't pick against Alabama. I watched them in the SEC tournament. Brandon Miller's too good. That team is too athletic. And if I was going to pick against them, Creighton is the team I have circled at 8 to 1. Who do you like there in the South region?
0: Well, I like your uh, circling of of, of Creighton. You know, that's another team that fits. You know, they have on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. So they're in the top, uh, you know, 25 or so. Ken Palm, if you add them up there, you know, they're, they're, it's a nice uh, picture for Creighton, but I'm not going against Alabama. They're, they're the most complete team. They were the most complete team that I saw in the fall. I went ahead and, and put a very small bet on them to win the tournament back when I saw Brandon Miller for the first time back in the fall. I don't have a lot on it, Um, but, you know, as the seasons progressed, he's gone all the way from, you know, the number three uh, potential draft pick. He slid up to the two because of the progress that he's made as a player and I think that that really tells you a lot about the the fortunes of this Alabama team and, and why the the probabilities are that they're the the number one overall seed in the whole tournament.
3: I think the thing with Alabama is that they're very reliant on three-point shooting. And I think 47% of their attempts come from behind the arc. And you, we all know, if you live by the three, you die by the three. And, you know, this is college basketball. it's not the NBA. So I think if they were to turn cold, then they could be in danger of being eliminated. And I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, ever since the, the Brandon Miller incident, it just feels like this team hasn't played the same. So I'm going to go the other way. And say that maybe this team gets eliminated
1: early. Ah, uh, do you have a pick though, Raheem? You're gonna go against I'm gonna Alabama? Go a- I'm, I'm gonna go
3: with I'm gonna go with Arizona 20 to 1. Um, I think they're six and one against top 25 teams. Um, they've done well on a neutral court this year. Um, they are a solid three point shooting team and they can they can rebound. I mean, they just won the Pac-12 tournament, um, made some clutch plays down the stretch. Um, they got Clemson in the first round. I wish it was U Penn instead. Unfortunately, it's not, but um, I think I'm going to go Arizona 20
1: to one. All right. So you're taking Arizona 20 to one plus 360 to win the South region. And guys, remember I said this, if Virginia plays Alabama, their style, it's ugly. It's disgusting. They could slow the game down, get in your face, play all sorts of defense. Virginia, I mean, everybody in their mother loves Furman. We'll get to the first-round games coming up. Like, everybody, be careful of that trendy upset. That's all I'm going to say. When you have that trendy 12-13 or seed, the one that Seth Davis is talking up like crazy on the selection show, usually it's time to fade them. But Virginia and Bama, that could be a very, very tricky game if Alabama has it. All right, let's get to, to me, guys, the most wide-open region without hesitation. And that's the East region because I'm not a believer in Purdue. They're plus 320 to win the region. Marquette, who won the Big East tournament regular season and the tournament at Madison Square Garden is at plus 370. I don't understand how Tennessee is a 4 seed and they're plus 600. They can't put the ball in the ocean to save their life. And then two intriguing blue bloods, Duke plus 750, Kentucky plus 850. Raheem, I'm starting this off. I love Duke. I texted you guys this over the weekend. They are red hot. I may have invested in a 40-to-1 ticket on them as I was watching the ACC tournament. They finally figured out what's going on on offense. They have an all-ACC freshman in Filipowski. He's a stud. I think Duke is absolutely capable of going in the Final Four. I like their number at plus 750. I am invested at 40-to-1. Who do we like? Are you getting on that Duke bag wagon or no? I'm riding with you, JJ. I mean, you know a lot more than me when it comes to college you guys, basketball. You guys so. are putting that way too. We got to put that in way looser terms, okay? It's way looser terms. It's me parachuting <laughs> in over the last three weeks. Let's not let's not make me John Rothstein or Tate Frazier, please. All I'm doing is uh, absorbing and, and reacting, and hopefully we'll have the same success we had with Kansas last year. That's all I could hope for.
0: Well, here's what I'll say about Duke and why I'm, I'm inclined to ride with you, although I'm going to play him slightly different, JJ. Um, the, a, a team that finds itself at this point uh, of the season can be priceless. We've, we've seen teams go on runs before where it sort of comes together right around sort of tournament time. Um, and, you know, the, 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 this team has an expectation of, of uh, success. You don't, you don't go to Duke and, and hope to make the tournament. You don't go to Duke and hope to make it to the Sweet 16. The, the way that I'm going to play them, and I, I, I like their size. I like their ability to score inside and outside now. that That's kind of the, the, the newfound uh, realization. I'm going to play them, them on the money line and just roll it for each round because the odds for them to make it to the Final Four, I can beat those odds by just playing the money line for them In each round, that's the way I'm going to play the Dukies.
1: Yeah, and I'm telling everybody, fade Purdue. They play an athletic team that can press them. They're going to have major, major problems. And I know Edie has played great. He's had monster stat lines. He dominated Penn State. He dominated the Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday. I mean, he's putting up 30 and 15 stat lines, uh, 35, 20. Like Basically, guys, if it were old-school NBA, and you had a 7-3 center that kind of had like the old man post moves that he has, he'd have like a 15-year career in the NBA. Unfortunately, the league does not operate and handle centers the same way it once did. Uh, I, I just don't believe in this Purdue team. They haven't been in the Final Four in basically 40 years. I don't trust them. I am inclined, though, when, guys, about you know, Kentucky one thing I will at say 850. About, Go ahead. One thing I will say, when it, I mean,
3: you, you're talking about fate and Purdue. They could be out in round two. Because when you look when you look at who they play around to, Memphis is on fire. I mean, I think they finished the season 14-3. and three. You know, they're very athletic. I mean, they're good at turning defense into offense. And to me, when you look at this Purdue, Purdue team and their best player is Zach Eady, I'm not buying it. I think Memphis is, like, a real good long shot to win the East. I mean, obviously, they are a little bit vulnerable to three-point
1: shooting, but I, I think they could probably get the job done. Well, I think they'd be a brutal matchup for Purdue. I think the question is with Memphis, can they get through a very spunky Florida athlete, uh, athletic team or Atlantic team, excuse me, that basically was like 31 and three all year that is really impressive in the Ken Palm numbers. And by the way, guys, Purdue to make the sweet 16, yes is minus 188. That's a low. For a number one seed to make the sweet 16 at, my, at, at yes, one my, 188, I, I agree with you on that, Raheem. I think there is absolute value in the winner of the FAU Memphis game against Purdue in round number two. All right, last but not least, you have Houston, who is the number one team in the Midwest region. They screwed Kansas out of giving Kansas Kansas City. You have Houston at plus 120. We're waiting to hear what the deal is going to be with their best player, Sasser. Texas is at plus 400. Xavier, 950. Indiana, 10 to 1. AM and 11-1, Miami 16-1. Haas, these odds, man, they're begging you to take somebody outside of Houston with Houston being plus 120 with their best player being hurt, dude. They're begging me to find some value, dude.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's a bummer that Sasser is, is is potentially on the shelf. They they deserved the seed. They played, you know, they were very sound all season long. They held the one for a good long time. I, I'm just not taking the team where, where the best players Hurt uh, out of that group, I like Texas the best. Uh, I thought they, the physicality they showed against uh, Kansas in the uh, Big Twelve title game was impressive to me. So um, I like Texas there.
3: Yeah, I'm riding with House on this. I think the, the the way they beat Kansas, I mean, I think that that puts them over the top. And, and I mean, they played in a Big Twelve where to me it felt like every single night in that conference, you just never knew what you were gonna get. Um, very tough conference. So I'm riding with House on that.
1: Guys, I'm telling you right now, the winner of the Penn State-Texas A&M game is live to go deep into this tournament. Penn State is really tough. They can shoot the three. They got this guy, Pickett, who kind of has got this old man basketball game. He's 6'5", but he can handle it. He can shoot it. It's very, very unique type of player. But A&M is a 7-seed, guys. They're 11-1 to win a region. They're 5th. They are a team, you look at their Ken Palm offense, you look at their Kemp Palm defense, they should not have been a 7th seed. If AM beats Penn State, I think they're going to give Texas hell. I really do. I think they're going to give Texas hell. And I think at 11-1, to 1, they are worth the flyer to go and win their region. 7th seed. We're going a little bit off the beaten path here. But maybe it's Texas. A lot of Texas teams, by the way, in this Midwest region with the rights to go to Houston, Texas. Houston's there. Texas is there. Texas A&M is there. I'm telling you, House, 11-1. I may not make that my final four pick, but that that's a wager we're making on FanDuel because I think the serious value. Go for it. I, I, I'll tell a minute. So when we come back, we'll hit a bunch of spreads for Thursday, Friday, and we got to figure out what the hell's going on. Western Conference NBA. Home teams just keep winning. road teams keep losing. Plus, are you excited for Jimmy Garoppolo? Raider Nation? Oh, baby. All right, we'll come right back All right, guys, let's hit on a couple of these spreads for some of these games. Um, First off, Raheem and House, will you have any interest in betting me playing games Tuesday or Wednesday? Is that a yay or a nay, Raheem?
3: Um, It's a nay for me just because I don't really bet too much college basketball. But if I get a hot tip from,
0: you know, from you or House or, you know, somebody else, I'm riding with it. How's you involved? I'm in the exact same boat. I'm waiting for the hot tip. Somebody needs to drop us a line on, on, the, uh, on the Twitter machine. Uh, otherwise, I'm staying away. I don't know anything about these teams.
1: Yeah, listen, no, not going anywhere near anywhere towards the 16 seeds. Those are hard passes for me. Um, I wanted to get involved with Pittsburgh. They got an injury to a big, so I'm kind of in wait and see mode. That line has moved up, went from one and a half to two and a half. I'll tell you the one I am betting. I love Arizona State against Nevada. I think Nevada is incredibly fraudulent. I think the Mountain West is incredibly fraudulent. Arizona State beat Arizona this year. Line has gone from one and a half to two and a half. That's what I'm betting, guys, on Wednesday for what it's worth. Tuesday really don't have a great feel. The Sun Devils, two and a half against Nevada, fade the Mountain West at all costs. Now, House, Maryland kicks off the tournament against West Virginia. As you look at the spreads for Thursday, Anything catch your eye, House, Thursday or Friday. Well, right off
0: the bat, I'm playing West Virginia in that matchup. This Maryland team has over-exceeded. Now, I grew up rooting for Maryland. My father went to University of Maryland. Two miles from the campus, I got to see Lem Bias. I got to see Walt Williams. I got to see all, all the Maryland greats. So, it, you know, that's that's the team that I root for. They overachieved. Congrats to Kevin Willard. They just haven't won any games on the road. So a nice emotional hedge, a nice way to kick off the whole tournament. Go ahead and invest in in Huggy Bear, Bob Huggins in West Virginia, and I'll be off to a little bit of a cash positive position. Um, Maryland's a great story. Look for big things for them down the road, just not this week.
1: I like the sound of that. I love betting that first game in a tournament. I will absolutely be riding West Virginia. And I got one I'm riding in the early slate. Anytime you have a situation where a dog becomes too trendy, Raheem, I immediately go the other way and fade him. That's the way I feel about Furman and Virginia. Everybody wants to bet Furman. Nobody wants to bet Virginia in this game. 67% of the bets, 94% of the money is coming in on the 13th seed. I think Virginia overwhelms them. I know it's not an overly explosive offensive team, but... I'm laying five and a half. I'm not thinking twice. And i throw Virginia in any money line part of life. They are not losing this game. Remember I said this, guys. Virginia laying the lumber against Furman. Let's go.
3: Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. Um, I'm not mad at it. I think I'm going to trail you. Um, just because, I mean, I, tr- I trust you on this one.
1: <laughs> well, I like that one. And then I'm actually going to break one of my rules. Because House, Raheem, I told you guys I'm not betting any of these games involving Mount West teams. Because the Mount West is so overrated. The nerds all of the Mountain West. And here I am. I'm getting back to the well, and I'm taking Utah State against Missouri because Missouri does not guard the three. Utah State can shoot the three. This line, even with the public money coming in on the SEC school, locked in at one and a half. I will be on the Aggies of Utah State. So a couple of plays for me on Thursday, I like for sure. Virginia, Utah State, and then House. As a fellow Q's guy, I'm mad that I gotta go and take this journalism school that says they're better than my journalism school. I like Northwestern laying one and a half against Boise State. So there we go. I faded a Mountain West team. So round one, ton of games. I gave you a few I like on Thursday. How so? I'll give you the full board Thursday, Friday. Give me a couple you like. Um, I'm on
0: the uh, underdog action and I'm worried. You know, you, you pointed out that how, how quickly Furman's become a sexy dog. I'm worried about the, the these two that I like. It seems like a lot of everybody is on Drake because Drake is showing up uh, top 33 point, top 20 free throw. They have a bunch of uh, uh, seasoned vets and Miami's coming in a little bit hurt. So there's this idea that Drake might be able to control things. Um, and so I'm playing that underdog. And then the other underdog I'm looking at is VCU. Uh, their ability to control pace, their, their ability to press, even though Shaka Smart's no longer there, he hasn't been there in, in 10 years, uh, VCU still running a full-court press and dictating pace that way. I like them at plus plus 162, I saw them, against St. Mary's. Those are two dogs that I'm, I'm going to get involved with.
1: Well, I like that VCU one a lot. I like that VCU, VCU one a lot. Raheem, Thursday, Friday, what do we like?
3: I think I'm going with Penn State plus three. I mean, when you look at this Penn State team, they can just shoot three so well um, that I, I think they're live to win this game. So um, I like them to pull the upset. So I, I think I'm going to take them plus three, sprinkle a little bit on the money line.
1: Well, they were red hot in the Big Ten tournament. And I'm telling you, the winner of that Penn, Penn State AM and game is very live to make some serious, serious noise, even against a team as talented as Texas. uh uh-huh. I'm looking. Penn State is like 35 to 1 to win their region. I don't think they'll do that, but, you know, very live on Thursday. That's a very, very tough 7 10 matchup. All right. So, ton of tournament stuff there right out of the gate. Some futures, some game picks. We'll take it from there. Uh, we'll take a quick break, come back. What's going on with these road teams in the Western Conference? I, I got to figure this out. All right. We're coming right back.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All
1: right, boys. What's going on with these teams out west? Uh, Raheem, how are we not taking advantage of this more? These teams, it doesn't matter who they are. Phoenix, Denver, Golden State, you name it. You put them on the road in the Western Conference. They can't win, dude.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so funny because I was just saying it last night on Twitter. You know, everybody's talking about the Warriors home-row splits being 28-7 and 7 at home, 7-26 on the road. But... The Sacramento Kings are the only team in the West with the winning record on the road. I mean, you can't even make it up. I mean, you look at the top two seeds in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets, 30 and six at home. 16 and 16 on the road with a minus 3.2 point differential. The Grizzlies 28 and 5 at home, 13 and 21 on the road. These Western Conference teams cannot win road games. So, I mean, you look clearly looking at the weaker conference. I mean, it's something that you could probably take advantage of all season long. I've been saying that these road teams have struggled, and then you know, it kind of even goes beyond the West. There's only five NBA teams with a positive point differential this season. The Sixers, the Celtics, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Kings. I mean, we're turning into college basketball, so it seems like everybody has a little March Madness in them.
0: Yeah, J.J., I'm not – I don't have any explanation for it. I I know that, that, uh, you know, with the the scoring being up, uh, I I tried to see if there was some kind of advantage coming – Potentially from from the way the games are being called, but I there there's no obvious sort of trend or pattern here. It it, it looks like to to me it's just a function of the the flux and, and variance in in you know where where teams are right now. There's only you know how do you size it up? There's only four good teams in the NBA right now.
1: Yeah, it is crazy to think about the fact that you maybe only would put three or four in that quote unquote circle of trust. However, I want to throw this out there because I watched them on Thursday and their odds just don't reflect a team that could go and make noise in the playoffs. But the more and more I watch them, the more and more I get suckered in. House, I'm getting suckered in with Sacramento, man. I don't know if it's to win, they're not going to win a title. I'm well aware of that. Can Sacramento be a team that wins a round in the playoffs this year? I, I don't see why they can. I mean, they have an identity. They have a great home court advantage. Sabonis is playing great. Fox is playing great. Uh, I, I see these odds for Sacramento, and I quite frankly find them a little bit disrespectful. I really do. So the Podfather and and Rosillo did you know
0: twenty five minutes on Sunday on Sacramento. They were lighting the beam, and Bill pointed out a bunch of you know sort of uh, underlying statistics just to sort of give the the context for teams that fit the profile that Sacramento's performing to. And and those are teams that do tend to make it past the second round. I I like, um, the, the wager that he put out there, which is Sacramento to win the Western conference. And the reason that you play that is because you can get them at 30, around 30 to one, it was 33 to one on Sunday. Um, but all you want them to do is make it to the finals. Then you have a perfect hedge situation. You don't need them to go actually win at 33-1. to You need them to get to the Western Conference finals. Then you have a beautiful hedge. You, you cash a big, fat check uh, right, right at that, that, that moment. And we have, as we sit here right now, no idea what potential matchup they're going to get. I mean, there are teams we would prefer that they don't play. I would prefer that they don't play the Lakers. I would prefer that they not play the Clippers. But just about it, I would prefer they not play the Warriors. <laughs> but uh, the remaining teams, I'm, I'm kind of fine with. The one, I, I, I kind of agree with that,
3: but I, I kind of would make some slight changes. Like, to me, I think they got to avoid Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, and the Lakers. I, I think everybody else they're live against. And I think they're live against the Clippers because the thing about the Clippers is they can't score. The Clippers have struggled to score efficiently the entire year. Um, I think when you look at this Clippers team, they're 18th in offensive rating. So um, when you look at the Kings team, they could score. And, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched League Pass last night. The Kings versus the Bucks was probably the game of the night. I mean, it was just back-and-forth offense. But, I mean, at the end of the game, I mean, you saw that the Kings weren't able to get stops. I mean, they were able to score, but, I mean, Giannis... Chris Middleton. I mean, they just were um, absolutely amazing. Brooke Lopez. So I think the Kings are alive to win a playoff series. But, you know, what, what did I say before? When you look at the NBA, there's only been three teams in the history, like in the last 30, 40 years to make the finals with without being a top 10 defense. That's the one Lakers. That's the 2018 Warriors. And that's the 95 Rockets. So they are fighting an uphill battle. But when you have an offense that's scoring 119 points per one to possessions first amongst NBA teams... You're going to be able to score and be able to beat some teams. So um, I do think they win a first round series if they can avoid some of those some of those better teams.
1: Hey, House, I think we revived the Brooklyn Nets. I I think we can take credit (laughs) for what Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jock Vaughn's team's been able to do because you and I basically wrote their obituary for this season. They're dead. They had that terrible loss against the Knicks. They're giving up 130 points to everybody that game, that Friday night against Boston, that was nationally televised. It kind of turned this season back around. Bridges is playing great. Dinwiddie has come alive. Nets, all of a sudden, now pushing my knickerbockers for that fifth seed. Don't like it. Does not sit well with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. You don't want to be in the sixth seed in the East because you're going to catch one of uh, Boston. Or Philly, and that that's a bad spot to be in in the first round. The thing I'll say about the Nets, I'm going to lose that bet. I, I came on this show two Fridays ago and went through what I thought was a compelling case for the Nets to miss the playoffs. Now they do have a tough schedule in front of them the next six or seven games. They're they're playing playoff teams for the most part, um, but I don't see them dropping down into the in, into the play-in. And the reason is because they they figured out defense, and, and you know kudos to to, to Jacques Vaughn. They figured out with all that wing uh, strength that they have, they're out on the perimeter, um, you know, closing teams down. And they're they're efficient scorers. So uh, the one thing I'll say, though, is, is I'm mad at the Charman Celtics. The Charmin Celtics are, are now to me, that's the softest team that I've been watching. They're, they're, they're out of the they're they're very close to dropping into pretender status for me from 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 contender to pretender. The 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 Charmin soft Celtics, I, I, I just don't like anything we they dropped a game last night against Houston. They just they, they act like they could show up and win games. And they they, they now lost, you know, to to, to, to Houston. They lost to, to the the Nets. They have bad losses, a string of bad losses. I don't like the Celtics right now.
3: Yeah, the Celtics. I mean, right now they're I mean, they're really struggling. I mean, last night I think they shot 29% from three against the Rockets. I think the 26th game over the last 43 where they shot under 36% from three. That's league average. And I mean, as you see in those games, they're nine for 17 in those games. So uh I don't know what's wrong with the Celtics. It just seems like this team is a, a softer team. Um, obviously, Robert Williams, he he's missed a, a ton of time. Um, you know, I love Al Horford, but I wonder if he's taking a step back. It just feels like from, I mean, and Bill complains about it all the time, but the move from Ime Udoke to, you know, Joe Mizzou, it just hasn't worked out in their favor. It just seems like this is a softer team that just doesn't have the effort that we saw last year. So, as long, I mean, it, it just still feels like they, eat as bad as they're playing right now, and you look at them over the last two last two weeks, their 21st in offensive rating, as a Sixers fan, I still think they'd be this. <laughs> so, um, As bad as they're playing, I mean, it is March. um,
1: I still think they have a high ceiling, so I don't want to overreact. I'm not going to overreact yet with the Boston Celtics, but there are some serious warning signs. There's no doubt there, guys. All right, before we say goodbye, we got some NFL free agency to react to. Some quick hits from what you've seen over the first couple of days. And does that move the futures market at all? That's coming up.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. See website for details.
1: All right, boys, before we say goodbye, big couple of days, NFL free agency. We're taping this. It's right before 11 a.m. So uh, Mr. Darkness Retreat might have a new home by the time you're listening to this. So we'll uh, we'll actually avoid Aaron Rodgers on this one because we've talked about him ad nauseum and uh, I think everybody's sick and tired of hearing about it. Raheem, big takeaway from an odds perspective that you've seen the last 48 to 72 hours in free agency. What would it be? Um, I think the biggest takeaway is that I mean, the Philadelphia
3: Eagles, they are going to have to win with offense because, I mean, the whole defense was like bombed out and depleted. It was like, (laughs) what did Dave Chappelle say about Afghanistan on his show? Uh, I mean, it's just like they just completely destroyed. I mean, they lost everybody. I mean, you lose Javon Hargrave. um, James Bradbury is probably going to go. C.J. Garner is probably going to go. Darius Slay has gotten permission to to, to get a trade. I mean, they've lost so many pieces on the defensive side. Of the ball that, you know, it's like if the Eagles are gonna remain what they were last year, I think you could kind of shoe in, you know, Jalen Hurts for, you know, MVP candidacy.
0: So that's the one thing that really stood out to me. Wow. I, I I love it. Anything that that uh changes the the potential trajectory in the NFC East, I support that. J.J., I didn't come on here prepared to get down on my knees and kiss you on the rear end, but the Miami Dolphins, buddy, how about the things that the Dolph- the Dolphins are doing stuff? The one thing that remains the open question, I have the same skepticism I've had all along. Who's going to play quarterback? You really, really – they signed your boy Mike White. You asked for it with the podfather last week. You, you got what you asked for. Is Mike White going to be the dude in weeks uh, 16 and 17 in the first round? of the playoffs to get you across the, the goal line, because you know, I'm rooting for always the best outcome with Tua. I just don't think it's in the cards.
1: I think that's the overarching question with that team, but you had Vic Fangio, who's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. And now you have Jalen Ramsey paired with Xavier Howard, who was beat up last year. A lot of people looking at his numbers saying, Oh, Xavier Howard's washed. He's done. The guy was basically playing with a torn hamstring the entire year. They're going to play at a high level in that secondary. They got guys who get after the quarterback. They're not going to be blitzing a ton. Look, I still think the pecking order goes Kansas City, Cincinnati, 1-2. I think they have earned that. I think they have been the two best teams in the conference each of the last two years. But Cincinnati just lost two of their starting safeties. So Cincinnati, there's also questions about Joe Mixon, whether or not he's going to be playing football next year. I think Miami can be a team... That works themselves into that upper echelon, if it's a monumental if you get two on the field when the games matter the most. Because listen, House, if Tua misses three to four games in October and November, you're not as worried about that. It's when Tua is missing games in December and January when you're trying to go to the playoffs. Listen, Mike White is a fine backup. I'm I'm A-OK with him. He's not Skylar Thompson. But if Mike White is starting in the playoffs, the Miami Dolphins are not legitimately contending for a Super Bowl. That's all there is to it. So, Tua absolutely is the overarching question. Wanted to ask you guys this about oh, Before, before oh, we move ahead.
3: on, we're, we're talking about the Miami Dolphins. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are reacting. The public is reacting heavily um, in the AFC East. I mean, when you look at the New York Jets, they're plus 220 to win the division. And I think the, we, know, we,
1: we know why they're plus 220. Uh, a certain quarterback the Buffalo- they think is going there.
3: Yeah, the Buffalo Bills are plus one twenty. Is there value on the Miami Dolphins at plus three seventy? I mean, you mentioned all the defensive, you know, things going on with the Miami Dolphins. You obviously you add Jalen Ramsey to um, a, a secondary art with Xavier H- Howard, and you you look at that that offense. I mean, if you got a healthy Tua, I mean, you saw what happened in the playoffs. I mean, Skylar Thompson almost beat the Buffalo Bills. So is there value on, on the Miami Dolphins at plus 370? And do House, we take that right you now? You know
1: my answer to that question. House?
0: So I, I would like a little more return because I don't know what's going on at the quarterback position, but your point is absolutely well taken. Out of those those teams, odds-wise, that's by far the most appealing to me. Um, I just want to have more certainty around the, the quarterback situation. Uh, that's all.
1: And I do like Mike White as a backup. He's the perfect guy to play for three or four weeks. The team will like him. He's not a threat to your starting quarterback. And he wanted to be in South Florida. I can't really blame him. As I'm looking out snow out the window in New York City in the early March, I can understand why Mike White wanted to be in South Florida. Uh, Garoppolo, guys. House, does this move the needle at all for you with the Raiders? Is this a wa- To me, it's a wash from what they had with Carl last year. It's just less money. So to me, I still think the Raiders at the end of the day could end up in fourth place in the AFC West.
0: Yeah, so the only thing that's interesting with the addition of Garoppolo, so I, I think he's better than Carr. I think he's going to have a better season than Carr. I think the you know connection with McDaniels makes a ton of sense. Um, the price that they got him at means that they're able to go into the market and, and, and build up uh, on the defensive side. They've had a bad defense for 20 years. So I'll be looking at their win total. I'm interested in that, but I can't come up with the scenario under which they jump over any of the other teams in the AFC West, and so I'm not going to wager that way. But definitely win total. I think they should be better than last year. That's not really going out uh, on a limb, but I I like Garoppolo uh, with with the Raiders. I think they're going to be live all season long.
3: Yeah, I'm with house on this. I mean, you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. I know, you know, Kyle Shanahan is the QB whisperer, but Jimmy G is 53 and 21 as a starter, you know, five and two record in the playoffs. And there's one thing you can, there, you look at the splits with. You know, Jimmy G is a quarterback in San Francisco. And without Jimmy G, I mean, outside of the the time with Brock Purdy, you know, the San Francisco team, they really weren't great without Jimmy Garoppolo. You look at EPA for play, San Francisco with Garoppolo, plus 2.5. Oakland with Carr, minus 3.5 EPA for play. So I think the familiarity with Jimmy Garoppolo and that coaching staff, I think it's going to work wonders. I think the Raiders, one thing I'll say about the Raiders is you did see that one-score regression really come back and hurt that Raiders team last year. I think the year before, I think they were like 8-0 in one-score games. And last year, in one-score games, they really struggled. I think they had a Pythagorean expectation of like nearly eight games, and they were just 6-11. and So I think that comes back to earth a little bit, and, you know, they don't have the playoff odds yet or they don't have the, the season win totals yet. But I think you might want to be looking over on their win total this year.
1: See, I understand that point about, you know, the close games two years ago, they pulled out of the fire. Last year, they couldn't win a close game. So they'll probably be somewhere in the middle this year. That division is brutal, though. I mean, you still have the Chargers. You still have the Chiefs. And Raheem, we were talking about this a few minutes ago off air. Denver is quietly having a nice little off season with the way they're beefing up that offensive line. That's, that's why that bottom of the AFC West, I, I don't know if I want to go anywhere near win totals, playoffs. It's tough, man. Those are very, very tough teams to handicap with Denver and the Vegas Raiders. Oh yeah. I mean, I
3: totally agree. I mean, when you look at the Broncos, I think they, that offensive line, the offensive line moves that they made were, I mean, incredible. Uh, I think when they pick up um, Ben Powers, um, and then they got a guard over there. So I, I think when you add Sean Payton, I mean, they've done everything possible in order to make life better for Russell um, Wilson. And then I also like the fact that they added Jared Stidham from the Raider. They got their backup situation um, together, which is something that the Miami Dolphins did as well. So if Russell doesn't play well, I mean, they could bring in Stidham and then we all know Sean Payton is an offensive genius. So um, I do think that division is tough, but... I'm really big when it comes to looking at the Pythagorean expectation when it comes to win totals. Obviously, I do want to look at the schedule and, you know, and and see how things play out. But I mean, to me, the Chargers could be the team that's really taking a step back because we still don't trust that coach over there.
1: No, we don't. No, we don't. We've learned our lesson with Brandon Staley. (laughs) Friends don't let friends bet Brandon Staley when it matters the most. All right, boys, uh, recharge the batteries. We'll talk early Friday. We'll have a day of NCAA tournament bets in the books. We'll have a Friday card to look ahead to. We'll have a Saturday card to look ahead to. And by the end of this week, how's you gonna be Mr. College basketball? I can't wait. I, I can't wait also. The last
0: thing my my parting shot, and I know Dream endorses this. The tide has turned, fellas. NBA MVP. If you can get plus odds on Joel Embiid, any plus odds, I mean, you know, he was still in the over, over. Two to one, plus I go now. I'm I'm in for a four-figure wager on Joel Embiid to win like the it. NBA Ooh. MVP. The tide has turned, gents. I'm telling you, if he can stay healthy over these next twelve games, he is going to be the MVP of the league this year.
3: I'm hoping so. I mean, look. I mean, I love Nikola Jokic. I mean, when you look at Nikola Jokic, I mean, this guy's absolutely incredible. I mean, what do they say? He's like twenty-three and one when his team has a triple double. He's generating over fifty points a game. But, I mean, Joel Embiid right now, I mean, he's putting up better numbers than prom Shaq. Um, And I know those numbers aren't really fair to Shaq because it was a different league. But when you look at what Joel Embiid is doing right now, offensively, defensively, I'm just hoping that he finally gets one. Because I I just think what he's done to stabilize this franchise in light of, you know, Ben Simmons deciding not to play basketball. They bring in James Harden. James Harden misses a month. Tyrese Maxey misses a month. I want to see Joel Embiid get this award and bring it home to Philly. So I'm totally endorsing that house right now. I think he's plus 220 on FanDuel. So let's bring it home for Philly, Joel B MVP.
1: I'm endorsing that. And you know this, from a narrative standpoint, if you vote narratives, and I know some people don't, but there are that do, uh, fair or unfair. Some people, when they vote the MVP, they vote that narrative. Jokic has won the award back-to-back years. Maybe there is a little Jokic... MVP fatigue. And if Embiid finishes strong, hey, we've given it to this guy the last two years. We get it. He's great. He's unbelievable. He could do it all. But Embiid was on his way maybe to winning the award last year before he broke down. So how's I'm rooting for you on that bet? And I'm about to tell you, when I head to the state of New Jersey (laughs) later today, because they do not offer MVP odds in the state of New York, FanDuel, my friends in New Jersey, Get me in on that Joel Embiid action. I like it. I, I'm, I not like gonna, it. I'm
3: not. I'm not going to lie to you guys though. It's not necessarily a two man race because we saw last night Giannis Antetokounmpo 46 and 12. I mean, I think he had 19 in the third quarter. So I think you might want to have some Giannis in your portfolio as well, even just the hedge. I mean, even if it's like a you know a uh, like a tenth of a unit. But I, I think you know that's a good hedge because, I mean, Giannis right now is creeping up on everybody. I mean, we saw that 16-game win win streak. Obviously, the Philadelphia 76ers ended it, and Joel, I mean, he got the key stop, and he got the game winner. But, I mean, Giannis is not out of this at, at all.
1: All right, boys, let's have a very productive next couple of days of the tournament. Let's bring, home Mar- uh, let's bring home West Virginia against Maryland. Arizona State kicks it off on Wednesday. Good job, Oregon. House, Raheem, I'll see you Friday, boys.